Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. And the case does show it's all about the individual sites, and you can't view every building with the same solution. Hello, welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. Now, just before I get started, I'm really loving the recent reviews. Thank you to everyone who's taken the time to do so and for your encouraging words. Now, anyone who knows me will know I love old buildings. The character, the sense of wonder, the questions that they bring are all really exciting to me. Trying to work out how the different spaces have been used in the past and what alterations were done, when and why. Why did they remove that staircase or blank off that window? cover up that wonderful panelling or those ceiling features? How on earth did they cope with the cold weather in the winter? What happened to the people that built it? To the generations that have lived or worked in it? Time when life has passed by, but the building remains. Now some of you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Right now in your head, you're in a building, one that intrigued you, one where you ask these questions. As the saying goes, they don't build them like that anymore. The thing is, you just can't build a 100-year-old property. Many of you will be familiar with the Marks and Spencer's building saga on Oxford Street in London. Orchard House is a 170,000 square foot building spread over four floors and was built between 1929 and 1930. You can imagine the architecture type. It's a typical Art Deco model with single glazing and panel elevations. The property is on the corner of Oxford Street and Orchard Street. Now, M&S wanted to knock it down and build a new property that suited the current market and environmental conditions expected for any new-build properties. The argument was that it was unusable and would be financially unviable to refurbish and reuse. I think that's code for it would make more money as a new glass tower, but that's only my opinion. The plans were passed and approvals were given, but objections piled in and eventually the decision was given to Michael Gove, the levelling up secretary. He overturned the planning approval, despite it not even being listed. And he said that the public benefits of a new 10-storey building would not outweigh the heritage harm caused by the demolition of the existing, adding that the extent of embodied carbon caused by the proposed development carries moderate weight in his decision. He seemed to be saying it was both the loss of heritage and the environmental impact that affected his decision. It had been estimated that over 40,000 tonnes of CO2 would have been released during the redevelopment. There were, of course, many fiercely defended positions and views on why the building should be replaced or why it should be refurbished. The main thing for the demolition protagonists, including M&S, was the argument that the long-term impact of a new building with much better energy efficiency, would prove to be better for the environment over its lifetime of use. Plus, the existing space is not suitable for office space or other uses without huge investment. 
Sounds a little bit like a stalemate. And the case does show it's all about the individual sites. And you can't view every building with the same solution. But here's the thing about older space. There's a finite supply. You can't build an old building, but you can always build another glass tower. The theory is that if a modern building is filling up well and has lots of demand, then we can build more. But if demand for older space is also positive, then the only thing we can do is change the price because it's a finite supply. Now, I'm not saying this is true in every location and case. Some locations have lots of vacant space in both new and older buildings. And by the way, I would loosely define an older building as one over, say, 100 years, or one that has a particular heritage value. But anyway, we've all heard of older neighbourhoods getting a facelift and becoming the place to be. It's happened in cities all over the world. The trend for quirky, historical, grounded and emotional space is still growing. The only way to satisfy that is with older buildings. They have that air of history, that groundedness when you work and enter them. Done right, these spaces can feel both modern and slick whilst remaining grounded in the past. The passage of time seems to add new layers and voices to the experience. Now, I'm not going all spiritual on you. It's just that it's hard not to think of people who built and worked in these spaces before us. The lives that came and went, the struggles and the successes. One of the key things is stripping back some of the more recent additions and layers, sometimes back to the brick or the stone surfaces, ideally the wood and steel or iron. It's seen as trendy, I know, but it also makes sense. And to make the point again, the resource is finite. One of the things I often get told when people visit some of our historical buildings is that they aren't unique. There's nothing else on offer that's exactly the same in this area. And I would agree, there are, there are other properties around the same vintage. But actually, when you think about it, most of these larger buildings were not built in a regimented cookie-cutter way. They're all different in their own unique ways. It's our job as investors, developers and designers to bring the best out of them, to make them attractive to commercial clients so that in turn the buildings can take on a new life and are sustainable for many generations to come. But they do need to make money. Of course they do. But actually, that's part of the sustainability part. Otherwise, the maintenance and reinvestment they will require over the years simply won't be there. So back to M&S and Orchard House. It might be that it would be a lot of investment to bring the property to a usable and attractive state. And I can understand that. But I would think there are alternative ways to enhance and bring value to that property experience. It's an iconic building. In a city where new glass structures are popping up everywhere, you can't build properties with history and life. It only comes from reinventing and enhancing the past. Of course, not every older building out there is a gem and should be saved. There are definitely some that should make way for bigger ambitions and transformations, which makes sense. But once it's gone, it's gone. I don't know the numbers for environmental impact of knocking down and building back better versus using the existing structure. I would need advice for that. But I do think every single building is going to have a different computation, isn't it? But it's important to understand. But for me, the scarcity thing is the really attractive part. But just on the environmental side for a second, one thing I have learned when doing up older properties is that a thick sandstone structure makes a big difference to thermal performance as long as you can get the right glazing and make the building reasonably airtight. 
Insulating all the roof, of course, is a given, and introducing modern heating and heat exchange kit is also a given. But just my opinion, based on no measurement or scientific, <laughs> strict scientific formula, but rather energy use and the impact on costs, which I think are actually a pretty good way to measure, as long as your customers are experiencing a comfortable environment and not freezing cold and in the dark, then actually if the bottom line is looking better because of those changes, then that's got to be good, right? Now, older, beautiful properties don't always make the most money from an investment point of view. So you have to keep your emotions in check. Quite often, the ugly ones make more, but they do make your heart sing. Remember, from a commercial point of view, quirky buildings have scarcity. The new ones are not quite the same. A big glass tower may take time to procure, but you can always build another. You just can't build another 200-year-old warehouse.